Getting into powder coating takes money, but should you budget more for your sandblasting equipment than you think? How important is CFM in relation to nozzle size? Before you go comparing yourself to the next guy, Jeff Taylor, our resident blasting expert, is back. In his third podcast with us, we're looking for the sweet spot to achieving the perfect air and cover the dangers of beryllium exposure. Plus, we're giving away Blast One's exclusive surface prep guide as a bonus to the first 10 followers who sign up to become an avid listener on the podcast. Get ready to level up your powder coater game. Welcome to another edition of the Powder Coater Podcast. Um, we do have Jeff Taylor here today. He is from Blast One. And as you know, he's been on a couple of shows. I'll reference um, those shows. I think it was 14 and 15 where we go over Blast Media Basics and then um, kind of come back for a second edition um, and extension of that where we talk about CFM and, um, you know, the size of your blast booth. So go reference those two, but just know that uh, Jeff Taylor's here with us today. He's our resident sandblast media uh, and sandblasting expert. Uh, happy to have him back on the show. He's always open and available for question and answer for me and for you guys as well. And I want to, uh, introduce well so Jeff welcome to the show thank you Kim excited to uh cover the range of topics today yeah so give us like a brief um kind of just a real quick in case somebody hasn't heard those two episodes who are you and where do you work sure absolutely so I'm I'm Jeff Taylor I work for Blast One and Blast One is a global supplier of abrasive blasting equipment and abrasive we specialize in GMA Garnet. It's um, an abrasive that we specialize in so we can help people select abrasive as well as equipment for their sandblasting needs. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I first had you on, um, and it was because I found that your YouTube channel and your video, your blog talks about extensively about sandblasting. I mean, you literally uh, covered every aspect to uh small to medium to uh, large company blasting, outdoor blasting, um, and stuff like that. So please, I'll make sure to put the link in the podcast so that they can reference that as well and read all about that. You guys do excellent content media and blogging for sandblasting. So that was what attracted me to reaching out to you in the first place. Um, but today, I got a little gift from Jeff. And a lot of people know that I've talked about the um, last one. Uh, it's called a surface preparation guide booklet. And I just, I use this on my customers. I use this uh, as a training manual for myself and for Ross and I, um, where it just takes you through the different um, 
NACE and spec ratings uh, for uh, rust and how you want your metal to look when it's done or how it will look once you've uh, blasted it just right. Um, I love showing this to our customers just because they're always asking these questions and it really helps me um, show them what their rusty metal stuff is gonna look like after it's done blasting, um, especially when it has severe rust like this. So this is such, such a useful tool in my um, showroom here. I can't wait to show people, especially when they're kind of like, well, why does it cost so much? Or why are you charging me this much per hour for blasting and stuff like that? So I'm really grateful. I got these as a gift um, for working with Jeff on the first two, but Jeff has definitely been uh, generous and he sent us another 10. Um, and what I'm gonna do today, or just for the first 10, uh, people that go to become a, a patron on our um, patron account at rosscoat.com. Uh, so let me share my screen here for a second. I'm just going to, um, let's see, go over to share my screen and I'm going to show you how to become a patron. Um, so just click that upper right hand corner there and it you can start for as little as a dollar a month, but the one that you wanna pick is the Avid Listener. So let me go down here and it's $5 a month to be a Avid Listener. And if you sign up for the Avid Listener, I will send you, this will be included. One of these booklets will be included in your sign up. Um, so we already have an Avid Listener already. Uh, you'll also get a coder sh shout out on a future episode, uh, unlimited access to our download vaults, um, and you're also going to get a trucker hat and t-shirt, and that's an embroidered hat. It's really nice. Um, and then, of course, you'll be included in our list of coaching sessions that are going to be upcoming uh, with some of, the, uh, some of our special guests that we're inviting for this quarterly uh, session. So it's just where we talk about um, more in depth about powder coating and, and get your answers, questions to your answers from other coders. So we're putting that together right now, but if you could go over there right now, I will include one of these in your, um, in your package where you get your uh, hat and logo uh, tee. So anyways, that's all I wanted to say about that. So let's get into the show. Um, one of the things we're having you back here for is that we are going to talk about nozzle types and uh, the selection that there is to choose from and why it's important to have a nozzle type. Um, and then maybe if there's time, we're going to get into uh, properly sizing your air compressor. So go ahead, Jeff, get started. Okay, great. Um, so... There's a lot to talk about as far as this topic goes, but just to introduce um, several different types of nozzles, I think the most commonly used nozzle in the blasting industry is a uh, tungsten carbide. And typically those are a brass um, exterior. Some are a hybrid brass and urethane exterior. Tungsten carbide interior, they're your economical version. Um, very, very common, probably the most popular tip. Um, and then you have, uh, then we have what's called the ultra tough nozzle, which is a silica nitride interior. 
with a urethane exterior. Um, and then we also have a hyper nozzle, which is um, a larger 12 inch venturi nozzle. It's called a long venturi nozzle. And the reason you'd want to use something like that is it produces higher abrasive velocity. So uh, we can dig into the different types of nozzles and how to properly size your nozzle to make sure you have enough air compressor for the nozzle you're choosing. Ah, there you go. Bada bing, bada bing. Bada bing, bada boom. Sorry, okay. I'm old school. I use the hard copy. No worries. We found yeah. it. This is helpful. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Very helpful. Yep. Woo. Yes. Tells you everything. Yep. So um, we can talk about um, blast pressure. And um, I know some people don't want to blast at a higher pressure for various reasons. But we can talk about the difference between blasting at 80 PSI versus 100, also 100 versus 120. And it does, the abrasive selection that you're using does uh, affect that as well. Uh, depending on what type of abrasive, you may not need as high of a pressure. But uh, the rule of thumb is 100 PSI is your, is your start point. Anything under 100 is, would be a loss in production. Anything over 100 would be a gain in production. Um, and you might say, Hey, I got, I only have a 185 compressor. We, we have low nozzle pressure. Well, you could see here, if you were running a, um, number five nozzle, it only takes 158 CFM to power that nozzle hundred PSI. So that is essentially how you can determine how you want to size your compressor or what, what maximum size nozzle you should be using because it's rather significant. The, right. For every one PSI you lose, you lose 1.5% production under 100. So the difference between 80 PSI at the nozzle and 100 PSI at the nozzle is actually 30% production. So just by simply going to a smaller size tip and getting a higher nozzle pressure, you, yeah. may, you may actually increase your production because although you might have a smaller nozzle pattern you have a significantly higher cutting speed and the higher you and the higher your cutting speed the lower your abrasive consumption i'm trying to figure out like what our i mean the thing is right behind me but oh here it is no that's the receiver i was just trying to figure out what we're using right now i mean we're we're kind of under um we're kind of under underutilizing, I guess. I, I don't think we're quite where we need to be. As far as the amount of air, the size air compressor? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, that, well, yeah. That's probably the most commonly, I mean, you're not alone. The most common thing that we see when we go shop to shop is um, air is expensive and air compressors are very expensive. So normally you're not seeing the, you know, 400, 500, 600 CFM compressors. Um, you're seeing um, smaller, maybe 185s or, um, you know, even smaller. So you can uh, I think that's look at how you could get higher pressure just, pressure just by selecting a different nozzle. So that was a little bit of the, the reason why I thought it would be a good topic to talk about is uh, utilizing what you have and how to get the, the most out of your cutting speed. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think that the it's like the mental, not the mentality, but just, you almost have to think over 
Like you almost have to over, you have to go for more than what you need. Is that true? I mean, in in terms of like addressing, uh, you know, blast um, CFM and 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 having the right formula to the key. I mean, it's such a simple. It just seems like it's such a simple thing, but it's not so simple when you start like delineating what you're, you know, the the equipment, you know. Um, it, I almost think like you need to over. Um, buy your equipment or buy more than you need uh to i mean is that generally sure sure a lot of people so there's a couple different things that you take into account when you size your compressor and how how do you size a compressor well you look at how many things do i want to power off this compressor how many things do i want to power off this compressor at the same time um some people have compressors that don't only run their blast they it runs their paint side so you got to look at that too. So you'll, you'll have an overall, you, you need to have an overall idea of how much are you running your hoods off of your air compressor or do you have a separate pump? Mm-hmm. Um, if you are running it, your hoods, that's 20 CFM there just to, just to supply your breathing air. Then do you have an air dryer with a fan? If you do, how much, how much CFM does that fan take? So we have 1600 CFM compressors that, I'm sorry, dryers that take 65. Um, some of your smaller, let's just say a 400 may take 45. So you take into account how much CFM is needed for your hood, your dryer, any other, any other air tools that you may be running in your shop. And then you look at what do I need to, to power the blast nozzle. A number seven is a very common nozzle. And that is a 716th orifice. So um, we typically see between number sixes and number sevens in the shop. And you can look at the chart here that, that we had up and you can see a number six uses 229 CFM at hundred PSI and a number seven runs, uses 312 CFM at hundred PSI. So you can use this chart to help size what proper compressor you need. Yeah. This is the key to it all. And I'll make yeah. sure to put this in the link because I don't think we've ever, uh, we had some other links in the last couple that were different. Um, so I'll make sure to include this, especially if, but what if they're using something else? Like what if, can, is there other charts or is this just a general chart? Like if they're using some other kind of media, um, would yeah. there be a different chart or is this just a general chart for everything? This is a general chart for everything in the, in the, in the theory holds true, whether it's for most, whether it's steel, you're, if you have a booth where you're using steel grit or steel shot, this holds true. You have a booth where you're using slag, whether it's copper slag, coal slag, this, this relatively holds true. Um, until you get any, and then you have garnet and aluminum oxide, other abrasives. Some abrasives are more friable. So mm-hmm. when you get, they don't hold that up to 120, 130, they start losing. Whereas Garnet or aluminum oxide or some of these other abrasives are performance abrasives. Um, they're designed to be used at high pressures. So you can really increase your production and your cutting speed by just adding 10 or 20 PSI to the nozzle. So depending on what you're talking about, yes, it does sway it, but it generally, it's a really good way, uh, rule of thumb. And it does sway a little bit. It's a sliding scale. But for, for your general rule of thumb, it's a very good practice at being at least 100 at the nozzle if you're doing production blasting. Now, okay, if you're doing so, a cabinet or something something separate than open nozzle, 
you you would use lower and different pressures, but this is your open nozzle blasting. Right. And going back to the um, nozzles themselves, so I think we were on this page. Um, yeah. I know that Ross uses the tungsten yep. uh, carbide. He, he was pretty happy with that yep. one. Um, would any of these other others help as well? And so I could briefly tell you the difference between a tungsten carbide and an ultra nozzle, and then we can go into the hyper. The difference between a tungsten carbide and an ultra tough nozzle um, are a couple things. Tungsten carbide is a tungsten carbide interior. The ultra tough is a silicon nitride interior. Silicon nitride is going to give you double the abrasion resistance, so it's going to last you over twice as long. Um, another thing that's real common with the tungsten carbides is tungsten carbide is a brittle material. You drop it, it typically cracks. Mm -hmm. And once you get a crack in your in your venturi, your nozzle, you got abrasive that gets in there and ends up boring that crack out, and they wear out faster. So you're probably going to get 200 hours out of a silica, or I'm sorry, out of a tungsten carbide nozzle, where you're going to get four to 600 out of an ultra tough nozzle. When you drop an ultra tough nozzle, it has a urethane exterior. It, it absorbs all the shock. It doesn't, and silicon nitride isn't nearly as brittle, so they don't crack. Uh, they're a little more, they're a little more robust as far as dragging them or dropping them in the shop. Um, so that's what you would see. It'd be last you a little bit longer. It's got better wear on it and it's a little more durable. Now moving into your hyper high performance silicon nitride blast nozzle, which we call our hyper nozzles. Uh, they are about 12 inches long. They're what you call long venturi. They give you 30% higher abrasive velocity. You think, why would I want that? Well, if you have large projects that require a lot of blasting it's going to give you it's a great production nozzle so if you have to get a lot done you probably want to jump into this nozzle because it's going to give you a higher abrasive velocity which is going to give you a better cutting rate yeah so if you're doing like a tractor trailer you're blasting that or large panels yeah something where you're doing large panels or any any high production if you're doing small lattice work or angles or you know you wouldn't want that because you'd have a lot of waste you want right. to get into a smaller nozzle like a five or a six, um, any of your product, but it would be if you had a large amount of area to cover, mm -hmm. it would get more production. In terms of pricing, um, and I'm not, you know, we don't have to get specific. I'm just talking about price ranges. Sure. Um, so what are we looking at between these three? So the tungsten carbide um range from like 99 bucks or 90 bucks to 150, I think. Uh, the ultra tough nozzles run range from 150 to uh, 250, and the uh, high performance hyper nozzles are about 450 to 550, and and that gets lower and higher. It, there is a drastic difference between like a number four and a number eight. Number eight is going to cost you quite a bit more than number four, so uh, that's a good idea of where you're at to buy a nozzle. Like what's that. this one here? That. So that is our Raptor large pattern. Uh, nozzle. Um, I ha I actually don't have very much experience with that. We don't sell a whole lot of those when it comes to um, high performance. We usually use our hypers, um, but according to this, it has a much larger pattern. Um, looks like a production nozzle of sorts as well. Hold on. Oh, it's all right here. 
production. <laughs> production in process. It happens. Um, okay, so that so then let's move on to like basic equipment um, setups for custom coders. Um, for what? I'm sorry. For for custom coders, like what's a okay. big what's like an entry level package or an entry level system um, for a shop? As far as your blast system? Yeah, I mean. Okay, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's so, go into. I guess air compressors. Well, we could talk about compressors. Uh, we could talk about blast pots um, or the complete system. Yeah. Do, do you have a page that is just like a package kind of thing or? We probably call? do. You're putting me on a spot a bit. I don't have my catalog down. <laughs> I like putting you on the spot. Yeah. But we, <laughs> it, if you're looking at our catalog, it's, gosh, how many pages? Is it? Over five, 500 pages. post that you did and then I, and then Ross said, that's the perfect setup for me on that link. To, yeah, I don't know. Oh, sure. It just had that, like, yeah. Yeah, that, that's it. No, we us. got tons of stuff like that. We got skid mounted set. I think it was a skid mounted setup, which had a six and a half cubic foot pot, a 400 dryer, and um, it had the breathing box, everything on one. All you need yeah. to do is hook up your air compressor with the bull hose and you're going to town. That's a really common package. We'd sell a lot of those. And what it is, is it's, it's a skid. It has a very small footprint and it's got a 400 air dryer. So it's cleaning the the most some of the important things let me see the three most important things about blasting is having enough air mm -hmm. having dry air mm -hmm. and having good metering and what do i mean by metering how you meter your abrasive if you get those three those three things right you're going to be a successful blaster so when so, you're talking about metering you mean dialing it to that right psi and and doing all that what i mean by metering is is how much abrasive you use okay so um Abrasive flows down the bottom of the pot into the hose and is pushed out by a pusher line. And there's a metering valve in between there. Usually that metering valve opens and closes depending on what abrasive you're using and allows more or less abrasive. So getting your abrasive properly tuned into where you're not using too much, but you're also not running lean is critical. So if you can get that metered properly with the right amount of air and dry air, you will be successful. Yeah, I mean, I think that we have, I mean, just in general, our powder coating system, I think Ross has at least three or four um, water traps uh, or yeah. air fil filters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just so if you wanted to go one. humid too. So we got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's two different types of air dryers. So um, you can use water traps, but if you wanted to go one up and get into a system that catches not only moisture, but oil. Um, anything that could come from your compressor, uh, you could get an ADS, which is a deliquescent dryer, or you can get an ACS, which is a coalescence. One has uh, desiccant tablets in it that re removes even more moisture from the air, or you have one that works off centrifugal force and just drip, kind of like what you have now, but a little bit beefier um, mm -hmm. as far as a moisture separator. Either one I of those would work for you. Yeah. Um, and then let's, so basically like they could come to you, you know, they could email you or come to you and say, okay, this is what I'm looking for. Can you get me like, you can put a package together, right? It's all, all I can, part. what I would do. Absolutely. 100. It's all modular. So whatever you want, 
and um, we're you know price conscious as well. Some people may have a larger budget than others, so we just right. want to find out. Okay, what are you working on? What are you doing? And and we will just have a very candid conversation about ways you can go. You know, if you have a very tight budget, if you have we want to go top of the line, we'll go anywhere in between that range for you. Do you guys sell blast cabinets too? We do. Yes. What page is that on? Again, putting me on the spot for the catalog. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Type it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Blast cabinets. Yeah, you might be able to find it faster than me here. Well, it's not under that. Maybe we'll have to save that for another. We'll have to come back to another episode and do something if you want on blast cabinets. Yeah. I don't know exactly where they're at, but I do know we do have some in our catalog and we we do we sell them as well as support the consumable parts like the gloves, the nozzles, right. um, and the abrasive. Usually you'll have crushed glass or garnet uh, in a cabinet environment. Maybe ALOX. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So the next thing we want to talk about is, I think that was on the list before we wrap up on this quick kind of shorter podcast is we're going to talk about, um, beryllium and, okay. uh, silicosis right. is it? and why is it bad? Okay. So silicosis is a condition um, we know comes from, um, being exposed to silica. And that's why you've seen over the last 20 years, uh, people moving away from using silica. Mm -hmm. We found out that when that abrasive is propelled at a surface and explodes, it becomes very dangerous. And it causes, it causes a condition called silicosis. So, um, if you're using silica as your blasting abrasive, you have to have controlled measures to protect your operators because it's a very dangerous uh, environment. And if you breathe it in, you could you could cause yourself harm. So most people just don't use it because it's so difficult to keep your operators at the permissible exposure limits that it's just easier to use a, another abrasive and a lot safer. So silica, silicosis is a condition caused by inhaling silica. And silica is not only in sandblasting, it's in concrete. So we're starting to see even the guys that are cutting concrete have to use water or have good dust collection to remove that dust because uh, silica exposure is a huge red flag for OSHA. Yeah, and I, I think glazers, like people that work in glass, um, formulating and cutting glass and stuff like that they're they're very prone to that as well um, absolutely sure yeah there's a lot of industries that that is i always like see the guys cutting concrete on the side of the road they're working on the road or something like that and none of them are <laughs> at least in that my county none of them are wearing yeah ever wearing masks when they're cutting that concrete and stuff it's a big plume of dust yeah yeah. Yeah. So you want to protect yourself. Yep. You definitely want to protect yourself from silica exposure. Yeah. So that's, um, I think that's cool. Let's wrap it up today with that. Um, you know, just to kind of recap what we just talked about is making sure that you not just 
like have enough, but you want to kind of overcompensate with your equipment. You know, think think bigger, not smaller. Start with your budget first, right? Because you can easily like go from five thousand to ten thousand really fast, right? With your equipment and stuff. Oh, the air compressors, your largest purchase. Yeah. Um, a 375 air compressor is, um, you know, 50 grand. Right. So, so think about how much blasting you're going to do every week, right? So if you're a smaller operation, I, I know a lot of guys have the intro, you know, they'll get the blast cabinet. I know for us, we never, at one point, Ross wanted a blast cabinet. Um, I guess for doing, it always seemed like, Somebody would always like forget a part or do something, you know, and then you have to put the whole suit on just to blast some tiny little thing that somebody forgot to drop off last week or whatever. And, and, you know, I, for us, we just kind of bypassed all of that. I mean, yeah, it's a nice love to have kind of thing for us, but at this point he just realizes that it's just so much safer and so much better for him just to get into, you know, get suited up. Um, have that clean air and just go into the room, even if it's just for something really quick or small. Uh, you know, I, I think eventually we'd like to have that. For us, that's kind of like a, um, it, it's just kind of like, yeah, it'd be convenient. Uh, it'd be a convenience equipment to have a blast cabinet. But I know that a lot of guys just starting up uh, in the industry, a blast cabinet is kind of like the first go-to thing that they get rather than build a whole blast room with the equipment and everything like that. So, um, I'd love to have you come back and let's specifically talk about those. Cause I, they do come up in the, um, group posts all the time, you know, like okay. what do I get? Where do I get it? How do I get it? But, um, but really, you know, the budget, estimating your needs and then making sure that you have every bit of the uh every bit of the equipment that you need i mean it all comes in varying sizes strength you know um various sizes and prices when you put together a quote but like the what was it the media um the regulator one that we don't have that like that just he doesn't have that on the pot so we could pretty much um get one, you know, we need one of those actually to kind of maybe, you know, because his is simple, but it's bigger. So we went for the bigger, but not sophisticated. So it's really just a variable thing. And sure. knowing it all. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming back today. Appreciate you, it. Man. And uh, we'll get you back on soon enough. I know it was kind of a hectic day for you and I appreciate you kind of sliding us in today. Again, if you want to get a booklet, um, uh, Jeff has Jeff's company has really uh, done a, a very nice thing and sent me ten of these. So if you want to go to the uh, support page, sign up for to be an avid listener, and you'll get one of these in your with your T-shirt and your hat. So uh, first ten, I only have ten of these, so um, it's just going to happen for the first ten people that sign up for that. Awesome. awesome. Thank you, Kim. All right. Have a great day. All right. You too. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.